Welcome back to Fallen 360, the podcast. And first, we got some sponsors we got to talk about. Uh, That's what pays for this whole shit show. Uh, First of all, we got Arizona Veteran Security. Uh, Their mission is to provide their clients with unparalleled professional service that their clients have come to know and respect. Uh, If you need a job for the holidays, you're looking for some kind of part-time job as a security guard, they got you covered. They're hiring people all over the state. Or if you need a security company to come uh, take care of your event, uh, kick people out, unwanted customers, if you will, kind of like the guys here at Dreadnought Comics, uh, you guys can hire Arizona Veteran Security uh, to do that job for you. Either way, Arizona Veteran Security, they hire veterans and their family members as well. So check them out at azveteran.com. Uh, or you can always give them a call at 602-293-3763. So as I mentioned earlier, we're here at Dreadnought Comics today. We're going to be doing a live podcast uh, from their actual store. These guys are awesome. Uh, let me finish up the sponsors, though. Next up, we've got Justo's Gym. Justo's Gym feels like family. Uh, you want to go work out? You want to lose some of that holiday weight? Got a little fat over uh, Thanksgiving? Go check out Justo's Gym at justosgym.com. That guy will uh, put you on a, on a good game plan. You want to you know, gain some muscle? He's got you covered. You want to lose weight? He's got you covered. Uh, like I said, feels like family. That's not just their slogan. It really is family. His whole family is there. The friends, uh, the customers, you know, they're all awesome. Uh, go check them out at justosgym.com. And as always, we've got year-round patron. Uh, like I said, I don't uh, have a website because I don't really want to work that hard. But if you want to decorate your man cave with some uh, military or first responder uh, uh Um, all-american style woodwork or paintings drawings anything like that we also do digital artwork Uh, we got you covered so we also got the ladies covered for their she sheds Uh, check us out on Facebook any of the sponsors that we got here uh, including uh, dreadnought comics we're gonna host them on Facebook uh, on the fallen 360 page as well so you can always check them out there check out the links uh, and uh, go see what what they're all about all right, well, without further ado, here are uh, the guys from Dreadnought Comics. Fallen! You gotta stop looking back. When you get looking back, is a stiff neck. Listen, there's only one flavor to a margarita, and it ain't strawberry. You know, find social groups, hang out with like-minded people. We're gonna talk about whatever the fuck we wanna talk about. How's that? Have you ever had a corned beef taco with mustard? All right, all right. Everybody take a knee, drink some water. I know you all want to get the fuck out of here, so let's get this show started. All right, and we are here. Dreadnought Comics. How you doing, guys? Great. Pretty good, man. All right, so who we got here? Jeff Stark. Uh, Jacob Carnahan. And to my right... Will McCoy. Will the Reels. The Reels. McCoy. The Reels. <laughs> you may have heard his voice last week. Uh, well, he's back. He brought me over here to Dreadnought Comics. Uh, I spent uh, pretty much all morning here with these dudes, and they're awesome. Their location is pretty cool. I'm going to show some pictures on Facebook, but you guys really do have a unique location here, man. So why don't we get started by you guys tell me how you thought about this, uh, the design of the place, and what actually got you started in uh, comic books and selling this kind of uh, uh, stuff. Well, I guess it starts a little bit with myself. Um, we, I, I basically had the idea of displaying Jeff, the comics right? in a new way. Yes, sir. So, with talking with my partner here, Jacob, we brainstormed it a little more and came up with this final 
look, which you'll see on the pictures. Full eight foot panels, we're able to display over 5,000 comics fully visible throughout the store. One of a kind as far as we know. Um, yeah, I mean, we designed and built it all. Yeah, it looks awesome, by the way. I like it because everything's displayed, or most everything is displayed, right? Yeah. Categorized, you can kind of see where you're going. A lot better than most places I've been to. And you guys are the experts, and you told me um, you haven't seen many places like this. Not None. That, yeah, not that I know of. I'm, I'm sure there's probably something similar. Uh, as far as, you know, our, our logic behind it, we just thought that, in order for us to sell books, people have to see them. And digging through comics, as fun as it may be, not everybody has the time to go through so many. And every time you open up those panels, you're looking at a short box of comics. Yeah. All at one time, don't have to dig through anything. So it makes it really easy for the customer. And it makes it better for us, you know, get more sales that way. Probably I mean, as a comic, it it's about the art to a certain degree. I right. mean, everybody likes to read the story, but you want to see the art too. Yeah. And I it's think, the best way to, to, to show that to everybody. Yeah, for me, that's what it is. You know, I've always been or considered myself an artist and that's probably my favorite part about comic books. I'm not much of a reader, but I love looking at the pictures, the, the, the covers especially. So to me, it's, it's art first, which I know that there's people that, you know, will say, well, it's art, but it's also, you know, it's, it's literature, right? People consider right. it actual literature. So, but I think it, it's both. I mean, obviously literature is art in a sense, but I like the visual aspect of it. So this to me is stimulating, right? Right, and it, it allows you to see things you might not have even been looking for. Yeah. You know, maybe uh, you're a Spider-Man fan. Well, you go look at the Spider-Man panels and you might see that Spider-Man was against Superman in a comic, and you never even you knew, never that. knew that. And there yeah. it is, right in front of your face. So, right, it, right, it does give that advantage for sure. So, before we get into it, too, just want to say, Dreadnought Comics. Who thought of the name, and what was the reason behind it? That's something we went through together. Yeah, and, and we wanted something with a little bit of significance. And when we started looking at names, we. We kind of just went over several different options, and by the end of it, that was that was what we thought was best suited. Why? So, what what uh, landed on that name, or what made you land on that name? Uh, it's hard to say exactly what. Or what does like it mean you said, to we them? just bounced it around, bounced names around for yeah. many months, maybe even years, because we like this was a long process of us getting to the point of opening. Right. We thought of a lot of things. We had to pre-build a lot of stuff so when we were ready to open we were, it was we were ready, ready to go, go so. when did you open uh nearly five years ago now. okay and you are at a your second location right yeah correct and this one is a lot bigger than the original one yep. double yeah, yeah double the size that's yep. pretty cool um so where are you guys located so people can find you uh we're on the northwest corner of i-17 and bell um Easy Phoenix. to find. Easy yeah, to find, it's really way. easy. Uh, it's right next to Santizi Brothers and the Dollar Theaters that have been there forever. Um, it's Are a there, good little spot. I like it a lot. Yeah. What um what inspired you guys to first start with comic books? Whether it was selling, trading, or even just for yourself buying comic books. Well, for me, I as a kid, I was collecting. Started with baseball cards, and then yeah. moved to. As I enjoyed art more as an early teen, I found my first comic book, Deadpool number one, which just sucked me in. And then yeah. 
built my started building my little collection as a teenager off of my paper route money and so Deadpool's the one got you in huh Deadpool sucked me in my partner wasn't as lucky with his first book mine was terrible my, my first book was like Magnus Robot Fighter number 25 and I got sucked in because it had this great chrome and black cover and I didn't know anything about comics. Yeah, robot fighting yeah, sounded good. And, 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 that sounded cool. We opened it up. It was like okay, but it wasn't. It hadn't really caught me. But I had gotten another book at the same time that was uh, Pit Number Four, and that was a, a really great book. Had a great fight in a lumber yard and Dale Keown. Yeah, art. I mean that was that was where it was for me yeah. at first. I was like, okay, there's potential in this, you yeah, know. Yeah. And I started looking at other stuff. Is that? Is that funny to think that the wrong comic book could have just maybe stayed you <laughs> yeah. in it was the wrong close, direction? <laughs> it was close. If he didn't get that other pit, he would have never I, even I enjoyed it. I think the other thing about that was a, a big draw for me at that time, even though I didn't I, I didn't have any at the time, I didn't have access to a comic store, um, Stephen Platt's art was like the first time I saw, like I know there was big names before, but... In my experience, that was one of the first that I came across that I was like, oh my God, looking at that this profit it, yeah. cover, I was, that was another big thing that got me in, you and know? So and was, was it art for you then too? Is oh that yeah, really it was all about, yeah, it was, I mean, cause the story comes, you know, but that's the first thing that catches your Something's eye Something's gotta naturally. draw you in, yeah. yeah. Right, right. Yeah, and that is, that it's the first thing you, you see, uh, especially when you've got them, you know, in the plastic casings or whatever, you know, yeah. you can't just take them out. And you guys have it laid out pretty good so people can look at them without having to scroll through them or yeah. pick through them. I remember back in my day, you probably do too, but they were like Circle K's or the corner stores used to sell them, right? And they'd have them in the magazine section. Yeah. And they, they didn't, mm. Some of them didn't have cover or the plastic case. Oh, yeah, most of them. Yeah, None of them did. You just, you just looked at them, through them, and then sometimes you'd get kicked out because they're like, hey, either you, know, <laughs> buy, or you buy or get the fuck out. Yeah. So it's uh, that's how I remember them too. So once they started putting them, you know it was a big deal when they started putting them in plastic casings right start protecting like, them. well and even now like they still come raw raw, raw. just got you our know? delivery and a lot day, of stores yeah. will even just sell them raw just sell them like that right? but for us it's i well, mean you it's our product yeah. and we want to keep it safe right yeah uh, so nothing says you have to put it in the case no you guys could sell it however you want to yeah right okay we just stores. do that as custom you know we right. think that's the right way to do right. it right and that's what I think we've grown to see now. Most people just know that that's the way they come. I mean, myself included, I didn't know that they came in the in the nude, if you will, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You guys dress them up. I thought they all came like this. I thought that was standard, but no, you guys actually have to do it yourself. So yeah, that's that's pretty cool to to see that, and for me to even be here witness the way you guys take care of that too, because um, you guys aren't just taking them out of these boxes and toss them around, going all right, just pack package them up, right? You're literally looking at where you're placing them how you're moving them around how you're putting them in the i mean will over here got in trouble he got his hands slapped earlier he's, he's trying to his monster hands are trying to shove one thick uh comic book in the wrong slot or whatever you know so but what for, for you will what got you into comics or what was your first comic book my first comic was spawn uh just happened yeah, to be cool. number number one you know used to be at like the local 7-eleven walking there grab it you probably got like five dollars a day for you know lunch or something right, like that right. or whatever it was to pay for money at school and you know when you're a kid you're running around you're not eating not so really i always good. had some pocket change left over but they didn't cost you know 5.99 back then you know so i can afford to get a, a comic off of my my lunch money right you can yeah. use that and then just get a little little quick snack 
Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. in a comic and, and soda. Doing over. the hot dog and soda right. combo. Yeah. Just it's all good. you need That's is a, a soda, <laughs> a little Dr. Pepper and a comic book, some Spawn going on. For me, uh, same thing. It was the uh, the artwork that really got it. And to this day, I mean, obviously I got into a lot of different comic books, but the one that really got me, and I still to this day don't know the name of it. I haven't looked it up, but maybe you guys might know, but it was a green cover. It was a Spider-Man uh, issue, and he was wearing like a metallic suit, and he was shooting out the web either, of Spider-Man. Yeah, is that the one? One hundred, I yeah. think. And it was the, co- it's, but the, the it's the cosmic. It's like that he goes into spider the encyclopedia of his mind yeah. until you just like yeah. you know. So that one, because it had the green cover and it was shiny too, and had yeah. him kind of three D almost. It looked three D. I mean, yeah. it probably wasn't anything compared to nowadays, but to me I think back then, it was then, embossed as well yeah, some, as like yes. the holographic. Yes, yes, and, yes and, it was. And you won on that one as a opposed to opening up and finding a Magnus robot fighter inside. <laughs> yeah, you actually had Spider-Man in action yeah, in there. Yeah, right. some and good that, stuff. That one looked just just the cover itself looked amazing, right? And then so I'm not uh, a huge uh, comic book guy. Like I don't collect comic books, but I've bought several, but basically because of the cover art, right? right. Like I said, I'm a artist first and everything else, but I've bought a, a few other comics and also I, I like to support the local guys and stuff. So if I'm ever at a at a either a comic book store or like a um, what do you call it? The um, there's a, a show, the Monster Show. What what do you call it? Uh, horror con. I know it sounds like a horror con, not not horror, but horror con. And they have all the people dressed up in monsters. You got the Freddy Kruegers, all the shit like that. And you know the actors come out and the sign and stuff. But they have comic book guys too as well. Yeah. And they always have some cool epic stuff. Local guys, you know, doing stuff. So. Um, I always enjoy going to that and supporting local artists and all that as well too. So, um, all right. So, what else do you guys do here besides sell comic books? Mm-hmm. Obviously, I see you guys got some artwork on the walls. You got some. Uh, yes. Yeah, speaking of local artists, so we do have probably seven or eight different local artists print work in here available. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, what do they do? They just do it themselves. You guys sell the copies, or yep. you know, yeah. They, uh, we they got a couple contract original pieces guys? too. Uh, no, they just, they're independent and, uh, you know, if they got good work, we try to support them. That's pretty (laughs) cool. Yeah. You guys got some awesome stuff here. And then also, um, what else is going on over there? I feel like a little armory over there. Yeah. You got airsoft. You want to talk about that? Who's the airsoft guy here? That'd be me. I'm the guy that does that stuff. So what's that about? Is that just a passion? Something you got into? Yeah. It's something that we did for a long time before we opened the shop and, uh, I just always thought it was a it's it's a great activity you know there's a lot of good people in it and it's it's fun it keeps you active and not very many shops locally provide that, that those services and and those materials so no if, if they do it's just that right no, it's not a mixture of uh, what you got here right you you'll find... see you'll see it with paintball shops usually right and it does throw off customers occasionally but it is something that goes in hand in hand you'd be surprised how many people you know, are into comics, yeah. and they're, they're like, "Oh, you too. sell airsoft? Cool!" You know, yeah, and yeah. they're already on page with that. So, so it goes very yeah, well. Yeah, it works out well. Well, just remember, guys, Dreadnought Comics. You got yourself some airsoft stuff here, yeah, and comics, and then of course. I don't want to call these things toys because I know you guys probably don't call them toys, and I'll probably get my hand slapped. But you've got a lot of toys, 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 other collectibles. But I love that. So, so not really adult toys. No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the shop uh, next door. Right? That's, yeah. <laughs> that's not what we're selling. <laughs> well, I'm sure people can use those for other things. But anyways, 
Uh, speaking of Spawn, that you said that was your first comic. For me, because like I said, art that stands out to me too. So for me, those uh, whatever you want to call them, toys, action collectibles, figures. action figures. Because I used to collect action figures. That was what I did as a kid. He Man, I had the whole fucking oh, set. Oh yeah. Um, the ones I never really got into. Well, I did get into, but I never got the toys because they were for some reason they were more expensive. Was Thundercats. I don't remember Thundercats. Yeah, I never got a lot no, of Thundercats. I didn't have that they were either. they were bigger, I think, and they weren't as as popular as the He-Man ones because I think they were more expensive. If I remember correctly. That makes sense. They, I think they were a little better they, build too. Yeah, honestly. I think so. They were a little bit more better quality, but they were bigger. To, I think yep. they weren't that same size. But that's what I got into. But then when I got older, as a teenager, Spawn man. Those yeah. guys, that because that changed, changed, they were good. Yeah, they were good. That changed the whole game. You're right because those were not. That was the first time you could actually say those were not toys. Because you, think, you I can't think I remember that. that. You can't my, play with that. My first Spawn figure was the medieval Spawn with the sword and yeah. the shield. And I remember bringing him home and having him just dominate over the other action figures. Because the other Marvel figures at the time were the Toy Biz ones. Yeah. And they were probably an inch or two shorter. Right. Not as uh, malleable, let's right, right, say. Right. You couldn't adjust them as well. and. It was just a, it's like almost a statue versus a, yeah. a toy at that yeah. point, the, yeah, the yeah. quality difference. I will, I will say this, man. My first super addiction, like He-Man was my big thing. I had a lot of He-Man stuff, but the first thing I remember being really passionate about was a cartoon called Mask. And I don't know if anybody, Not, yeah, the, you remember that the one? Where all the, racing, right? They were, they were well, car, they racing were like, cars? Yeah, they were like cars that would transform into like battle yes. vehicles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Mask. Had yeah. all those toys, and those figures were... Tiny. Tiny. Yeah. And I think that's why I liked them. I was always drawn to the smaller figures, even though they had that terrible articulation still. They could get away with it because they were that they small. They were that small, and right? You put you it know? in a pocket. Yeah. 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 And speaking mm -hmm. of that size, then, uh, I guess He Man, too. Oh, not, I'm sorry, not He Man, uh, G.I. Joe's. G.I. Joe's were good. I, I didn't have much of those either. I think I had two. I had, and, and one of them was the dude that had like the Hawaiian shirt. I can't remember what his name was. Oh. Yeah. And I think my other good one was like, I had one good one. I think it was Alley Viper, the blue and orange one. I had him. He yeah. was one of my favorites too. Yeah. The riot shield. Yes. The, sw the slide <laughs> the down yeah. top. He was the best. Yeah. I think the butt. guy, I think that guy you're talking about with the Hawaiian shirt, I think he was Air Force dude. He was like a security forces dude. Did he have a dog with him? Oh, was I don't even remember, one? dude. It was like out of the no, discount that's the bin. MP guy. That was you're right. That was the MP guy. He had the the. I would have took dog. the dog. <laughs> that would have been cool. Yeah. You know. I think I had that guy. I had a few different ones of the the GI Joes. But what about you, Will? Uh, I had a lot of Star Wars uh, oh, action yeah. figures and stuff. Like one time, I got really sick and I didn't go to school for a couple of days, and my my mom just I don't know. She spoiled me. We went to Target and bought. I got a complete set back then, <laughs> and if I could have it now unopened yeah no kidding you know <laughs> now you know i you look at these toys and just marvel that they made it this far without being open you know yeah yeah you know there's a lot of great stuff in their store this is I like I, like you know when you go out with like you you go shopping you got to go to walmart and you walk right into walmart you know exactly what you're there for and you go get it yeah and you leave yeah. you know not not women that's what men do yeah when you when you come in a shop like this you 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 can't make a decision well, that men, always, men act like women at these stores because we can't. Yeah. yeah, you can't make a decision. You're indecisive. Should I get this? Should I get all of it? Yeah. That's funny that you say that because it is totally flipped. You see a lot of people where the guy's walking around yeah. and the wife's sitting on the couch. Yeah. When 
That's the, what That's I would do if I was like your cold. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. You I'll just of, sit here for a minute. Do like a little. You should open up a little little wine corner. There so you go. The, the women can come sit down and go. drink some wine. Put a couple wine. of moscatos in there. They'd be happy. I don't know if that's sexist or not, but saying women love wine. But you, you, girl, you girls love wine. Come yeah, on. Yeah, come don't on. Don't lie. Don't lie. I would if, drink wine if you offered it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, wine? Sure. He's just walking around looking at shit like it's real artwork. Oh, look at this vintage. <laughs> this is a vintage. Oh, most shops don't offer you water. Yeah. You going to give me wine? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> He's like, I'll drink whatever alcohol. I'll just drink it all. Walk around with Jesus the in the back making it. <laughs> yeah, you should have like a like a what do you call it? like a little um, a weekend thing for like three four hours on a Friday night. We just invite people. We have like cheese and crackers and wine, and people just walk around acting all fancy like they closed know, closed like, store yeah, invitees invites only. Yeah, special invites only. Snob event. <laughs> a snob event. Yeah, people don't even know what they're talking about, but they're still like. Oh, look at this vintage, uh, you know, Hulk number 555 or I don't know, whatever. I'm making, I'm making see, yeah. I'd, be, I'd be a perfect snob because I don't know what I'm talking about. So. That's why it sounds good. <laughs> see, if you say it with confidence, that's all that matters, right? That's it. Mm-hmm. All right. So last week we got into uh, top. Uh, I hope you got a better list this week. I'm not going to go over that the list. list. Is terrible. I'm not going to go over the <laughs> list uh, because there's like 50 million lists. Everyone's different uh, depending on the, you know, where the website you go to. But for you guys, um, I'm going to ask you each individually. So, Jeff, what is your top, um, I don't know, comic book, either superhero or villain or whatever? So one is your favorite. And then two, who do you think the most powerful is? And it could be the same person. I don't know. But you tell me. Well, I, I like I said, I, my favorite is Deadpool. He drew me. Still is. Now, he, now he's kind of overplayed. I, you know, I don't. I don't enjoy necessarily reading a lot of the comic yeah. of Deadpool anymore, but the character's still fun. I still love the movies, and you like the obviously the the new ones by. Oh yeah, uh, Ryan Reynolds was made for that role. It should have happened a decade ago yeah. when they ruined it in the right, Wolverine right, right. movie in the first place. Is, like, is, do you think that it's actually? even cooler the fact that the same guy and not necessarily he didn't ruin it i think just the, the writers or whoever did it yeah, whoever. but the the fact that the same guy came back and then revamped it and made probably one of the best fitting you know uh, actors to character right because who I, else has done other, that? other other than robert downey being iron man i don't know who else just lands, just lands in a that role, role that perfect it's made so for you know who but who has ruined who do you think has ruined a character in the past or been put in a, a situation where the character was ruined because of the either director or the writing mm. to me daredevil comes to mind what's yeah, this there's some the, ben, affleck, the ben affleck daredevil? daredevil that's pretty bad to me that's the worst uh you know representation uh, just acting the that's the fighting where you're, scene, you're aim grabbing yeah. instead of just finding the right guy you uh, think he you think he would ever be able to make a comeback as daredevil like uh no no i mean <laughs> like he's not natural not just a pure natural matt murdoch right. in any sense you know yeah. like man. so that is pretty uh, so that's pretty cool that he you know butchered well not necessarily him but the character was butchered and then now it comes back and it's probably one of the best fitting uh actors to a character right? yeah i mean he, he and he was a big driving force in it he wanted to make sure that he, he wanted fixed to it. do it yeah. right so that was also cool all right so who do you think uh, is he in now your you mind? Go, now you're going to most powerful, most powerful in your like, mind like uh, 
And I know it's hard. Will already, you know, fucking beat me over the head over that. He's like, you can't just make that choice. That's my will, by the way. You can't just say that. You got to go and you got to compare this and you got to compare that list into this. But in your mind, who's one of the most powerful people? Well, I mean, obviously you got to at least put Thanos up into that realm of of power. I mean, maybe it's not all natural for him. But one way or another, he gets things done, you know. That'd be a force you wouldn't want to mess with no matter who you are. Even if you're Galactus showing up, you really don't want to bump into Thanos anywhere, you know. That's uh, pretty cool. That's a good one. Uh, What about you, sir? Well, I think uh, my favorite villain is also, in my opinion, one of the most butchered villains in the films. I'm a big fan of Ultron Mm. and the reason I like Ultron is it's kind of like a a metaphor into something that I've been very very curious about my whole life is if you think about a person they're limited by human capacity not what you can physically do but what you can mentally do Right. and if you think about someone who had just become unhinged and had no moral compass whatsoever that's what Ultron is the embodiment of right you know and that's why I think he's such a great villain something it's something that's relatable and you know it's not that he's exceptionally strong you know even though he has a lot of abilities that you know he can use through his you know electronics right. and communication transferring himself and stuff like that but the embodiment of, of, of that, you know, no moral compass is what I is think what makes it. him so powerful. He's definitely hard so, to get rid of. Right, right. Right. What's up, man? And I think that they totally destroyed that in the Age of Ultron movie. I was I was exceptionally excited to see that. And yeah, then yeah. to see him with, you know, cracking jokes and a mouth that moves and just... I feel like they totally they, lost they concept right, right. of why he was so good. They didn't you capture know? the actual Ultron. So you're saying because he is somewhat unhinged, and more so in the comics, obviously, than in the Oh, yeah. The I mean, he's movies, much darker. Uh, he's more powerful because of that. Yeah. So in that same concept, wouldn't you say then Superman unhinged would be pretty fucking powerful? I mean, well, he already is, obviously, but yeah. unhinged. And they've done that, you know, and that's kind of why I think that... You know, they did the Zod stuff. They had someone else come who was equivalent to him because they couldn't make Superman. Yeah. Although, yes. They couldn't, you know, stain that pure image. Right. And, you know, that that's another interesting thing about metaphors for comics. As much as I don't like Superman comics, I think that he's one of the best symbolic metaphors in comics. You know, someone that has the capability to do anything yet still has the humanity to do the right, right thing. He only he, He's probably his his worst uh, enemy. He's, right. Uh, he stops himself from really going out there. Exactly. <laughs> Unhinged, if you will. Right. Um, so who is, uh, is that the same uh, answer then? Do, do your favorite character and one of the I most powerful? I wouldn't say he's most powerful at all. He's definitely not even on that radar. I mean, you got to start talking about people that are on the level of altering you know the fundamental nature you know physics of the universe yeah. people that can entities yeah they can alter right, right, right. matter and time and 
not really human like it's, it's not fun to use those because they're not, not in yeah, the yeah, comics you're, you're right. they're not really relatable they're not yeah. in the comics too often you got characters like the beyonder that mm. you know might be of that level so when i told will last week that uh and that wasn't on necessarily my list i've heard other people say it in some of the lists online but dr strange could be on that top 10 list what do you guys think about that because he has those abilities. Because he has those abilities you know, to go from I mean, one place to another. Anybody just with. wipe away pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. All right. So what about you, Will? I know. You, I think I don't even think I gave you a selection. No, I don't. Think I just you started did. I giving you, just, you lessons. Yeah, you did. He just I started. I didn't make me. a choice. But I mean, if if uh, if you got to make a choice, so who's your favorite? My favorite what? Character. I, we talked about oh, Thanos was my favorite man. We 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 touched on that last time. I just want to make sure everybody yeah. hears it again. Yeah. And it's not it's not because of his powers because he said of it his, twice now. his methods and how he goes about getting what he wants. He always gets it. Like his ambition. Yeah, his ambition. His uh, you know, he's. I mean, by the naked eye, he's a villain, but he's he's more complex than that. He's he, he's not doing it just to kill. He, there's a reason why he you have to die. It's not like just you know. And like you said, he's doing it for death. Literally, he loves death. So he's just like most. That's dudes. that's the old original one. That's the original. One. Now he's the um they they're taking him a new direction. The um the writer um Jim Starlin. He's not involved with Thanos anymore or Marvel at all. So they're they have Jim Starlin's last book, which is going on. This is a three part novel. And then you have what Marvel Comics is doing right now. And if you put anybody who reads Thanos would read, there's two different things going on. They're similar characters, and it's pretty cool what they're doing with them in Marvel. But nobody writes Thanos like like Jim Starlin. So Thanos is kind of like your average guy then, because oh he he's first, a, he's above average. No he, no let me listen listen he's he's like look it he's like your average guy because first he started because of some chick. He did it all for some woman. He did it for death. Well, he was then, doing he was doing that stuff. He was doing that type of stuff before he met her. To try to, to prove to a woman, just like yeah. most of those idiots. I get where you're going with for that. A girl, and then she fucked him over. And then now, <laughs> yeah. now he's like, "Look, you, I'm gonna show you what I really she got." Didn't fuck him over. It's just never enough. <laughs> Put it that way. It's, it's never enough. It's never. For him, it's, yeah, satisfying. No matter what he does, so he's like every Again, dude. Very, yeah. very, very much he's, like real he's, life. He's like a real dude then. <laughs> Dealing with real life dude situations. He's, he's gonna go through a midlife crisis. You, soon you're gonna see him in a Harley. Yep. You're gonna it's see good. Thanos. Well, how would you like to see Thanos Cruising on a Harley? With Ghost Rider on yeah, a couple of bikes. He, he, he was doing that in this recent uh, run that just ended. He was <laughs> All right. Riding and around with the is Ghost he, Rider. Is he uh, one of the most powerful too in your mind? Is he, or do you have someone else for that? Yeah, but there's there's characters out there that that could that could take him out. Like you say, you you got characters out there that can, you know, create universes yeah. and keep them in their pockets or like, destroy. Like, yeah, uh, Frank Richards and you know, Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, yeah Doctor Manhattan know. just doesn't even wave his hand. He just thinks you're gone and you're it. gone. <laughs> you know, but he's like a cheat code. It's like no way. It's almost no way around him. You know. So, with that like we talk about you know those characters and we talk about how you talk about cheap codes and you know there's some characters you can't really compare to each other so what is there to stop um, a writer from just creating the most ultimate 
character that can never be stopped. And why they don't did. they do that? Why go with Superman? Because yeah. he already got invented. Is that why? And that's why very first like, guy they created right off the bat. Right, they yep. came out swinging. Yeah, you run out of like they thought it was okay. Let's make the the most powerful, coolest guy. But they didn't think about the long term on that. Well, and it was it, easy storytelling at the time. We'll just we'll show what he can do. There was nobody yeah. else, So, like, yeah. the next easy story was, okay, what's the next superpower he can oh, do? He'll mm-hmm. lift what's the, plane. the next thing he could do? Oh, they just What's the adding, next adding, thing adding, he yeah. could do? And then after 20 years of that, you get Superman gets a sunburn or Superman, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, fights a dinosaur or something ridiculous. Yeah. Right, right, right. And it's just, an, you know... At that time, it really shows where DC was mentally that we're just slanging these things to kids. Right, right. It wasn't... get them out there. The the interest wasn't in the actual storyline or the plot line. It was more of, like you said, the the fantasy world. It was probably thought of, and I think it was, right? I've seen several documentaries talk to people where it was really more of a, a, you know, hitting towards children, right? Mm -hmm. They were trying to reach kids, and if you were... uh, And you can't hold that against them. No, because that's what it was. And if you were a comic book writer or an artist you weren't considered uh, professional, you know, at that time in the 30s, 40s. Even yeah. Stan Lee, I saw the documentary on him. He's like, look, my family... I mean, you're a professional. You're just... To, to you're other the people. funny paper. You're the, right, yeah. right, right, right. <laughs> so, you, you know, know. he said his... I think his uh, family or some folks that didn't consider him as a, as a, having a real job because he was writing comics or he was working for comics. They're like, this is kind of like a stage. You're going to grow out of this and eventually you'll become... They, well, they, didn't, they didn't know and, what they had because... No. You get the you get this generation who let's say those kids back then were reading it and they put their kids on it and they're reading it and they put their kids on it. And when they grow up, like it's if you're really into comics, it's not something you grow out of. You can become too busy for comics and always right. come back to it, but it's not something you're like, Yeah, I'm over this. Like Yeah. That means your imagination has died. No, that yeah, never just, goes away. Yeah. Oh, I mean, speaking of that, being in the military, you would think, Okay, so you're in the military you grow up, you're doing all this kind of shit. You're not going back to comic books, but that's not true, man. In the military, when I was in there, we had the, some of our best conversations were over mm-hmm. comic book heroes, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the villains. And the villains really do stand out if you're in the military. For some reason, we love ourselves some villains, right? People that can destroy yeah. motherfuckers. Yeah, and you were in the military. Yeah. What, do you, what were your, some of your, your uh, interactions with other fellow soldiers? I mean, you have all those conversations who, like, it, it, it usually stands with, you know, like, Darth Vader. Everyone's always wants to talk about Darth Vader. Can he beat him or can he beat that? Darth Vader versus Magneto. And, you know, I've been in several of those. Or, or you know, in the military, we like to talk about movies, you know, because that's yeah. what you spend a lot of time doing is talking about movies. And I only wish that when I was going um, on my deployments that, to downloading comics was available because oh, then yeah, yeah. i wouldn't have never like fell out of it i'm you know i didn't get back into this like heavy till like 2012 back and, into um, it again yeah and i got i got out oh nine so you know 2012 is when i was like let me sit down and catch up on all this stuff i read and, and the the point of that i though, mean missed yeah the point of that though is that you got like people that you think are Especially in the you know the male community in the military, you got macho dudes that you think these guys aren't 
fucking reading comic books or looking at this stuff but none of that goes away that that imagination none of that goes away just because you're in the military or even law enforcement you think well these guys are out there doing other stuff and they're adults they're grown up they've they're they're they've got things to worry about that not, does not go away and not only that like we do get a, a lot of military and police customers for sure and i think it's also it, just a good mind wipe after yeah. mm-hmm. the pressure of those kind of I think situations right, like yeah. let me just get out of here mentally and, f- and go somewhere else and use my imagination right. you for, know? for anybody i think that is the truth because think about it for you guys as business owners people think okay well you own a comic book store so that's cool right you get to see all the new comic books and you get to just have fun and hang out with your friends and do all this and that's not real hard work but you're still in the in the end you're still business owners so yep. you've got the real pressures pressures of, yeah, of running a business the you know everything Feeding like the families the, right now families. <laughs> yep. and and this still it ends up becoming you know kind of a a relief from from reality so anybody i would say that yeah. that just wants to have it's just like anything else yeah. i'm sorry what were you gonna say oh no i'm just uh running the comic store man it's it's fun but it's it's tough like i mean I, we each take two days off a month so it's it's an, it's consuming but it is your passion yeah and you know what they say like if you love what you do you never work not a day really in working. your life yeah yeah, yeah Speaking, and after doing 10 years of construction i think we're done <laughs> both agree a that little we're, bit we're a lot happier, happier here. doing comics yeah. In the end of the day, though, you're still uh, running a business, right? So, yeah. what would you say? Are you fans first or businessmen first? Business. Yeah. 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 Got to feed the family, man. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And then every once in a while, you get that that time off, and uh, it becomes business when you can sell things that you love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can, you know, because I ask these guys all the time, like, because they know I collect hardcore and I'm always looking for something of value, but it's never to sell it. It's just for it to be have in value my in, my, in my clutches you know but these guys turn around and sell some it's more valuable comics you. that you drool over you know yeah. yeah i got a couple heartbreak books like <laughs> I, I didn't what are those or what's uh, your i think the top two books that i i really miss would be the two captain americas that we had from the timely run which yeah. are not easy to find and they were in pretty good condition they're just great books to me. What happened? You, know? you guys, they yeah, we sold, sold them. Yeah. Sold quick, you know. It's tightly so capped. That, that just shows right there. Yeah. Business first, right? Yep. yep. Imagine you kept every single one of those that that was valuable. Oh, yeah. I mean, we had we had the origin of Batman. <laughs> yeah. Like first time you hear about his parents getting shot, the most important yeah, yeah, yeah. origin of any character in comic history. You know, to me, yeah. that's a historically significant book. Number yeah. forty-seven. Yeah, I believe it was number forty-seven. Yeah. That's when you find out that uh, his parents died. Yeah, that was, and now it's been. That's probably one of the origins that's probably been played the most yeah. in all oh, yeah, kinds of different man, yeah. movies. I think in the last just ten years, in my every Batman movie, every single you one changes it, right? up. The, yeah, <laughs> and and they're all obviously you know very similar, uh, but you see it replayed all the time. All you know? the animated series, all the animated series. Even people who aren't a fan yeah. know his origin. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. one? I say even people that aren't a fan. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Only seen the movies. You, you know his origin. So in the original uh, origin was where his parents shot by the Joker. 
No, no, they're no. shot by a robber. Just a robber? Yeah. So I know there's others that show just someone else shooting them, but then what was the... the there's uh, a couple different flips. Like The 91 uh, version showed the Joker doing it, right? What book was it that... In... Was it the Flashpoint stuff? It was a Flashpoint stuff where Flash went back, altered yeah, he time, altered time, and then... And, and Bruce Wayne is the one who dies, and, and Thomas Wayne becomes Batman. Yeah, Bruce oh. gets shot. And, and he's then, a you never hey that's never one saw that, no. that animation oh, you need to watch that animation it was number one until they redid the uh, death of Superman which came out you know some months back yeah but watch Flashpoint Paradox that that's 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 phenomenal. a great story that is a phenomenal Flash runs back story. Check that out. he runs back in time to save his mom what yeah he, tried, mom? he goes back to save his mom his mom does this butterfly yeah. effect everything Change. goes everything crazy. changes because Thomas Wayne is Batman. Is he's not effing around, yeah. dude. He's chucking people off shooting. buildings. Well, he lost he's his shooting child, right? people. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and then and you hear what happened. Martha, the... is that her name? Thomas and yeah, Martha. Martha. She becomes the Joker. The Joker. No shit. Yeah, because it drives her insane. She yeah, she goes oh. insane because she saw her so child. The whole died. universe is different. Yeah. You guys are just blowing my mind right it's, now. It, that's how we felt. We lands in a NASA training area. And they grab him up, and they he never gets exposed to the sun. He never learns a language. He's just a fucking... He's shriveled up. Who is this? The Superman. government oh, basically the, yeah. finds him instead of the Kents. Yeah. Oh, got it. Got yeah. it. And that's all because The Flash wanted to go and see Oh, his dude, mom. it's great. That is a great film. Oh, because yeah. he's a mama's boy. See? Women. Once I again, it all comes back to women fucking try. everything well, up. I'm just playing. It's also another <laughs> example of how DC's animated films are so much better than their live movies. All right, speaking of, uh, so females, since I've already insulted females like several times on this show, um, I love females, by the way. So who are your favorite female characters? I think Phoenix is up there because it's just, she's like one of the, obviously Wonder Woman was like one of the first, right. but to me she was like a really great female character because it shows mm, her. Jean Grey as the Phoenix? Yeah, okay. yeah, like she's She's powerful, but she's not like I don't know. Wonder Woman always kind of come came off as campy, you know, yeah. to me anyway. And that's that was almost insulting to the to the female at that yeah. point, you know. And um, Phoenix, she's got a good uh, storyline too, uh, a little bit more complex, I think, right than than most other female yeah. characters. What well, are their... that's the thing? They're giving her credit, you know. They're they're inlaying her into a story with significance as a character as opposed to being a female to be a female and you know right right, right yeah, like, yeah i mean i would almost say though that the phoenix is more of a force yeah than the character gene gray yeah. would be your female character when she's possessed by the phoenix but she, yeah she gets possessed by the phoenix yeah, and has to so control sick. that power so and then insane. goes dark with it, which I mean, that whole storyline's fantastic. But so, as the Phoenix, she's not necessarily a female; she's more of an entity. She's, I don't even know. If she, she's not even to... in full control of it. It's almost yeah. as if the Phoenix has its own mind, and she has hers. But she's holding it in check to a certain yeah, yeah, degree, yeah. and they're battling a little bit for control of what they want to do. The Phoenix wants to feel all these human human things right. that it's never felt before and Gene's trying to keep it in check the whole time so I mean that yeah. the whole thing is really good but what about She-Hulk no destroy you I'd I, I, I like my favorite female <laughs> she's is probably the, the female also. Thor 
when uh, that's a good one. Yeah, when they when um, Jason Aaron did that, a lot of you know so a lot who, of who's the is this Jane a different Foster. person or just a different? No, it's Jane Foster. She she picks up the yeah. hammer. Somehow she's worthy, and um, she has an epic run with it. Man, she fights some big name characters. She she wins. She saves all the gods. She's battling cancer yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Oh, when no she kidding. well when she yeah. has the she has cancer. And she needs to hold the hammer to actually change the door. So when she hold the hammer is actually killing her, the oh, whole really? the whole run because it's enhancing her cancer. Yeah, so she gets to the point where if she changes into Thor one more time, you know that's it for Jane Foster. The cancer will. Yeah. So I mean, it's a you know for anybody who wants to go read it, it's a great run. What's that if one you, called? It's called it's it's called uh it starts out as Thor then it's called the Mighty Thor. The Mighty Thor. That's things with comics you'll realize that some of them have the same titles as they did way back in the day and then they'll change it then they'll come back then yeah. they'll start a whole subtitle and yeah. some other story. So you got to get specific. You got to know the writers. That's what that's when Knowing I first the writers started, is very helpful. Yeah, because you know who did the run then you know what you're looking for. Right, then right. you learn you like that style of writing and you look up his other stuff and it just creates this this tree of life with comics you know like they put just me like on. real books like if if you're reading real books and you like stephen king you're probably going to read the next stephen right. king book and it's the same mm -hmm. thing with comics it's like like will saying jason aaron is just writing kick-ass stuff left and right you're going to want to read the next jason aaron thing because he's just Cause nailing you like, you stuff like the story, yeah, yeah. Exactly. so that actually brings us to um, a really good point as far as artists versus the writers are there a lot of writers out there that do their own artwork or is it pretty much not, not really it's, it's there's writers much. and then there's too the much artists. work so do you guys follow the artist over the writer or the writer more so writer writer if you're mm -hmm. gonna read comics you yeah, gotta yeah. Follow, follow the writer. writer but if you're gonna collect for artwork you follow the artist the artists. and if you're a little of both like i was mm -hmm. you do both like, so if you sure. do most artists have uh, or i'm sorry do most writers when they do a book, do they have usually work with the same artist or same style? A lot of, of guys, a lot of guys got their favorites. Yeah, you'll see mm -hmm. them work like Bendis w w is always with Malieve. Yeah, they're like always pairing so up. So the on artwork things. always kind of matches the their story and stuff. Because for me, I, I'm a visual guy, so even though I do love the stories as well, I would, I would, it would change my opinion of something if the art looked a little bit different, even from the same writer. Yeah. Right? Well, mm -hmm. the thing about I've writing is. Books. Right, and a lot of times writers uh, know the type of art they want with yeah. the feel for their book. They're yeah. like, okay, I'm, I'm this story. I need it. It's grittier. Yeah, I need, I need an artist that's gonna have a, a dark style with, you know, heavy shading or whatever right. the case may be. You know, it so. makes it. Yeah, yeah, I get it. So it, a lot of times they'll they'll seek out the guy they want to. Because as you're reading art. it, you're also not only is your imagination working, but it also is based on the artwork that you see. You know your yeah. your character in your mind. You're 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 being uh, pushed to a certain look, right? So when you imagine Batman in the Dark Knight, it's a different Batman than you imagine in you know the other comic books and stuff. So um, as far as that is uh, concerned, do you think that's how most people are? They follow the art or the the writer more so than the, the person. Man. Yeah. I think I mean you get you get everybody. You get the people that are loyal to titles. You know oh, they're gonna collect Spider-Man no yeah, regardless. You know, I mean, so character loyalty, I guess, would be how you would call that. Yeah. And then how does that work with the writers? Uh, when they're writing a storyline for, let's say, Spider-Man, 
what makes them change to do something else? Is it just because they only do it for a few and that's how the contract works? Or do they get picked on because they're amazing writers and they're like, we want you to be the head writer for the Spider-Man? I'm, I'm assuming it works a little like they go into a big war room or they're all on their own computers, Bunch, right. all FaceTiming, and they probably go over what Marvel's you know, next two years are looking like. And then everybody's talking, and then, right, okay, that's a good idea, Jason. I, I, that sounds great. We're going to have you take, take over on Avengers on and run with that idea. You know, I, I'm assuming that there's that's a little bit works. of... The, a quick story. So they have a Conan run coming out in January, written by Jason Aaron. And uh, the reason why he got the comic is because they were they didn't even think of him. But they they, they made an the announcement. Yeah. They they made an announcement that they were gonna do a Conan run. So he uh, shared his Conan collection of novels and stuff from back when he was a kid. That's his. That's the reason why he writes Thor like yeah. he would write Conan. Conan. So oh, I already really? know I'm gonna get that because yeah, his yeah. Thor is awesome. So he got that just by his resume was posted. He that took picture. a snapshot of nope. his bookcase, yeah, and it had like eighteen Conan, Conan novels and every Conan trade paperback and omnibus yeah. right, you right. could imagine. Sitting I'm your guy. So, yeah. yeah, so he's a good writer and yeah. he's a fan, and yeah. that was pretty much what that made the well, done. And deal. that's what it takes, exactly. you know. You you need someone who knows the character, yeah, and and that's why you sometimes on. I hate to say this, but a lot of times on big title stuff, you'll see Where that they there's force a, something. Yeah, there's just a lack mm, got of it. writing because it's so structured. You know, they're trying to hit a certain market. I think that's why really Donnie thinking. Cates is doing so well right now because he does what he wants. Just, yeah, he's just yeah. Like, flipping the they, book they're, on they're, everything. Yeah, they they're letting him. He has a lot of crea creativity, and you know what I like about him is he answers a lot of questions on Twitter. A lot, like people are asking him, like they're they're giving their pitch. You know, in his inbox about what they they want to see him do further with Venom. He's like, right. I can't accept that by law. I can't even listen to that. And I'm a writer, so I don't need your ideas. I have plenty. And people were asking him how they, he got on with Marvel. He was like, your resume is like if you do an indie book, and that indie book is hot and it kills like every issue. Like he did a book called God Country, which is in the works of becoming a movie. So after they, they, you know, Marvel out there looking for new talent and then like, what's this hot book right here? Oh, by this published, you know, he's probably not even making any he money. Hit a couple in a row. I yeah. can't remember what exactly his run of indie books was, but Baby Teeth was also, I think. Uh, yeah, a I think that's one. one. Um, and Redneck. Redneck. Redneck was also a really hot. Commodity. I was going to say Southern Bastards, but that's. That's Jason. Aaron. Yeah. So, so with that, there's um, obviously writers that are writing for existing comic books, right? So, for example, you know, if you're going to write for Spider-Man, that's already a character that was has already, a lot of history. It's a lot of history, right? So now, going back to Stan Lee, he's obviously one of the more famous uh, writers, but not only because he wrote so much stuff, but he created uh, a lot of famous characters, right? How does that work when you create those characters and how why does he get the credit for that i mean you would imagine it'd be a group of people right but were those like ideas that came normally it would be a group of people but at that time there wasn't when a group he was of people when there he was, was stan yeah. and like three or four Ditko. artists maybe sitting like in a stan, room and he was kirby kirby obviously and and so what would happen then? It was the same thing. It was just kind of the same way ideas get tossed out now for storylines, except for they didn't have 
uh, characters. So they were actually doing characters and then the storylines behind them. Yeah. They were growing them. So because for me, and he was he an artist too? No. By the way, he wasn't an illustrator. No, not at uh, all. More so of a, of a, a storyteller. Yeah, and a lot of times, from what I've, my understanding is, is his his storytelling to, for some of these would be he'd go to Kirby or whatever, and he'd say, "Okay, this is what's going to happen. There's this big entity coming to the Earth, and he's going to come and destroy it, and uh, the Fantastic Four are going to have to fight it off. Draw that, right." And then they would just have Kirby to, would draw oh, yeah. the whole story then off of a, a simple plot given to him. And then Stan would come in after the fact and write in everything that he wanted to write in literally right. to those pictures. To the pictures themselves. Yeah. Which, to me, that's just, that's, that's kind of a yeah, crazy Kirby way of doing right. stuff. Yeah, Kirby's, Kirby's yeah. doing an Kirby's doing a lot of storytelling then, you know? Yeah. yeah. He so, is doing the storytelling. It, it, it's know, like Stan's Mystery Science Theater 3000 in the background, you know, yeah. trying to... That's He's, what that's what there's a lot of lot of people that will throw shade at Stanley, you know. But because, it still took his yeah, ideas yeah. to make everything happen. Right, right, you know, right. one after another. You he, you know. He's but throwing were, these ideas so out. You for know? me, when you, they say created, so as a as a as a young man growing up, you know, my mind was a little bit warped, thinking when you say you created something, that means you drew it, you created it, you built it, you did this, right? Um, never did I think, oh, as a writer, like you can tell people your ideas and thoughts and then they actually do it and then you get the credit for that, right? Not saying that that's happening here, but who did draw Spider-Man then? Ditko. And what kind of credit does he get in this world? Does he get that type of credit? I mean, to you uh, guys, he's well, the no, initial I mean, artist. You can't, you, no, because right. Kirby drew, or... Ditko was the first... No, Kirby drew it a little bit. And he didn't like what Kirby was doing right well, yeah. away? Well, he, he well, gave him some samples I think what he or said, shit. yeah, w w the way he described it was he didn't like Kirby's art style for that character. Hmm. Kind of like we talked Kirby earlier. Kirby was yeah. more of an explosive superhero drawing. You know, he, his stuff popped out right. at yeah, Everybody was big and powerful and strong. And he wanted Parker to be weak right, right. And, and he didn't want kirby to keep pushing kid, him right. as bigger um, than he was right. almost I just guess. kind of stumbling into like yeah. saving people by accident almost and so i get that like the drawing has to reflect the story right um yeah. like we talked about earlier um so for me i guess you know as being an artist and loving that artwork too you know i, I wish that artists got more credit i know they do in in this world and you guys know this better than anybody else uh but from the outside world where i kind of consider myself that you know i'm a i'm a, your basic fan right um we don't really know or hear much about the artists and the people right yeah. someone could be telling you well i want him to have some kind of webbing on his uniform and i want it to be in tights and i want red and blue but that's that could you could make a thousand yeah different yeah. things based off of that yep. right i mean i would th i would think like maybe is there like some kind of sketch or something I mean, wouldn't that be cool there's some kind of like sketch rough sketches that like stan lee did just to show them and the Maybe, visual out yeah. there. <laughs> I mean, that might be out there. I don't you know. Find that shit. That would They're be probably really pretty cool. terrible. Yeah, they'd yeah. be terrible. Like stick figures, but yeah. nonetheless, yeah, that would still, be at least that would be worth something. Showing right? that really that that's exactly what his idea was. Right, right, you know? right. These but, are the kind of eyes I want, and this webbing and shit like that. But, um, anyways, man, this has been interesting and fun, man. I hope we can do this again. Uh, what do you guys? Um, why don't you guys tell them again where they can find you guys? 
uh, and uh, your store hours, all that good stuff. Uh, sure. It's Dreadnought Comics. Um, you can find us on Facebook. That's the easiest way to do it. But we're at uh, 27th Avenue and Bells, 2734 West Bell Road, Suite 1346 in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, it's easy to find, man. Yeah. It's right off the 17 and Bell Road right there. And you're right in. What is it, the northwest uh, corner? Yep, it's that's the northwest it. corner right there. Uh, it's been a pleasure, guys. Thank you for letting me come in here and uh, just shooting this shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. We're course, definitely going to have to do this again. Uh, and for those people that uh, are not your, your or your, I guess, your typical comic book fans, you know, uh, come in and check them out. This really is an amazing store. These dudes are awesome. Uh, not once did I get my hand slapped on, like last week with uh, Will over here. He's gorilla and some no more comics. Yeah, he's this amazing Spider-Man variant. I watched you do that. I can't believe you guys let this guy help you guys out with his gorilla hands. Look at those. We try to keep it to a minimum. Thanos. You, you ever try to uh, put those uh, comics in there with your Thanos? No. I would love to. I had an actual one. I'll just snap it and be done. Watch this, guys. Watch this. Bam. All right. With that said, we're out of here, guys. Thanks for watching.